Hi guys, and welcome back to the Balance Blonde podcast, Soul on Fire. First of all, I just have to say how incredibly excited I am to continue connecting with you guys in this new way. It's been such a cool thing to be able to just talk into a microphone and know that you guys are on the other end and also be able to interact and communicate about what you like about this podcast, what you would change, what you would like to see, who you would like to see interviewed. It's just been such a cool new way to connect with you guys. And I'm so grateful for everybody who sent in feedback. Would also love for you to rate and review it on iTunes iTunes or however you're listening because I know that that is how podcasts thrive and get seen by new people, new eyes, which is of course always a goal of new projects. But for now, let's dive into episode number two. I'm incredibly happy to have my mom here today as my guest because my mom, first of all, has completely set her soul on fire with everything she loves to do from being a mom to being an incredible wife, incredible grandmother, incredible friend. She's also really into fashion. She's starting a fashion blog called Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans. It's already amazing. Check her out on Instagram if you haven't seen it yet. And her website is coming soon. But beyond that, I completely believe that my mom is the reason why I have been able to set my soul on fire because she's always given me so much support, shown me so much love for my passions and encouraged me to follow my dreams along with my dad, of course, and a lot of other people in my life. So I wanted her to share some tips on everything from motherhood to fashion to what it is like to have a crazy blogger as a daughter. And without further ado, I will introduce my mother, Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans, Jane Younger. Okay, we are actually recording on Skype. Can you believe it that we both successfully got on and I think our audio is successful too? No. I can't. I can't believe it either. For everybody listening, my mom and I, who is our wonderful guest today, who I'll introduce in a split second here, just had one hell of a time connecting to this Skype call. And I'm just sincerely hoping that this is recording and that everything's all good and that the audio on her end is going to be good as well. I just called a friend who lives in Sacramento to like run a microphone over to my mom's house and set it up for her because I was... So concerned that this wasn't going to work, but I think it's going to work. So let's introduce my beautiful mother. I'm looking at her face right now. I've been with her for the last, <laughs> she's making funny faces at me. I've been with her for the last five days in Maui. She was my plus one to a fabulous trip at the Aunt Oz Hotel where I taught yoga. She was my photographer many, many days on end. My mom is my best friend. We're so lucky to have that relationship which we'll get into but without further ado mom jane younger dirty martinis and skinny jeans say hello to the crowd hi everyone tell us it's, who you are i'm jane jordan's mama and i want to clarify before we go any further because jordan made that sound like all that delay was my fault and it was not all my fault she had downloaded the wrong recorder or something and was trying to push it off and throw me under the bus but <laughs> I caught it and it was it was not me I connected rather quickly uh, rather quickly being like so how do you use Skype and Skype is signing me in as Jordan Younger why why is Skype signing me in as Jordan Younger because That's Jordan Younger had used my computer evidently and signed in on it one time. 
probably a really long time ago. But it's true. My mom did get on Skype in, I think it took about 30 minutes. I made yeah, it took a little time, movie. but the rest, but the other water, 30 minutes I was... changed Hudson's litter. I did a lot of things in the time when I was waiting for you to get on Skype. Then we began, and the call recorder issue happened. Which was a very serious issue. It sounded like you were on a different planet. We would not have wanted that. And it sounded like you were trying to push that off on me like you normally do. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, well, we'll anyway, get it. We'll get into no. all of that. I have a lot of questions written out for you because Lord knows we could talk and talk and talk about anything at any given time, kind of like Brandon and I, for anybody who listened to the first episode. So I have a lot of questions written out. And then we'll we'll just go free flow convo from there, probably. Are you okay. ready for your first question? Yeah. Are you nervous? Yeah, kind of. You shouldn't be. Okay. You really shouldn't be. Okay. So, questions for mom. My readers know about blogger Jordan, quote unquote, and we'll get to that. Oh, trust me, we'll get to all of that. But tell our listeners what it was like to raise Jordan pre the balanced blonde life. Well, what I usually say about raising Jordan what is that Jordan was slash is a really good girl, kid, woman, <laughs> but not an easy girl, kid, woman. <laughs> girl, kid, it's, woman sounds like a really scary creature creature. no you were a really good kid um to raise but at the same time a really hard kid to raise too because um very challenging in a good way but argumentative um not one to go with the flow questioning everything um and I knew that one day uh, those traits would serve you well, and I think they really have. But uh, as a baby, toddler, uh, teenager, there were some difficult days, I might say. Yeah, no, I, I can understand that. So yeah. a question down the line here, but I'm going to ask it now just because of what you're saying is, was there ever a moment in raising me where you were seriously concerned that... I was really, really different or that I wasn't going to turn out well-adjusted or that I had, like, some serious issues? Um, I mean, you had some um, obsessive, compulsive ways uh, as a little child. Well, uh, always, but I started noticing them as a little child. And, and you know, there was a bit of concerned. um because I didn't know how far it was going to go, how how bad would it develop into being. <laughs> but um, it turned out to be all within very manageable um, parameters. And like all of us, I mean, we all have our issues and our neuroses and yours were just normal, in the normal range. So, so I was okay. But could make for a frustrating day. I mean, for instance, even putting you to bed as, as a little toddler, if the stuffed animals weren't lined up a certain way or the little glass toys on a shelf weren't in a certain order that could throw you for a loop. Um, What would I do? 
uh, just keep having me move them and move them and move them and move them until you thought they were how they were supposed to be or how they were the day before. And this one time in particular, you kept doing that and doing that. And I think you were about four years old. And I was like, Jordan, you're being so weird. And then I felt absolutely terrible for about 10 years. because (laughs) I never knew that. Yeah, I never, um, I would never say that kind of thing. I was always really careful about um, how I spoke to you. And I still am. And um, I felt really bad, like I was saying something just awful, but. Oh my God. Well, push to the edge of sanity. I just wanted to shut the door and go to bed. Oh my God. Well, lucky for you that didn't stick with me somehow. I happen to have a psychotically precise memory, but I don't remember that. Because Yeah, well, putting you to bed, there was a lot of little rituals involved. I remember and, that. I do remember uh, that. I remember we had to say certain things at, at the door. And, oh, yeah. Uh, we had a whole speech that would go back and forth. Good night. I love you. Oh, yeah. Good night. Bye, love you. We would say to each other. And then there was a whole other list of, it was like sort of an inside jokes list, which is maybe why yeah. to this day we have a list of such, such extreme, so many inside jokes. Like I have inside jokes with probably everybody in my life, but so many with you, which is so fun because we can just look across the table at each other when people are talking and just know instantly what the other exactly. person's thinking because we have a psychotic amount of inside jokes. Exactly. Including saying the word yay in a very monotone voice whenever anything's exciting. Yay. Yay. And yay. nobody else would understand probably why that's funny. But to us, we could like right. stop laughing about it. <laughs> we have a lot of funny inside jokes. But to go back to what you were saying, I always think you never said any of that kind of stuff to me growing up. Like you're weird or like anything like that that would stick with me or make me or like... Well, I really I worked at that. Because I think of like other people that we know, how they talk to their kids, even like other people in our family, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's They make their kids like tough love or something. But if you said to me things that like, Missy, my sister, who's the best mom ever to her two girls, Bella and Olivia, said to them some sometimes the way that she talks to them and is just so open and honest with them, like they're adults or something in some ways. I would have died. I would have been like, why are you talking to me that way? Where daddy, my mom's husband, Byron, who will hopefully make an appearance on the podcast soon. He could have said any of that stuff and it wouldn't have offended me or it wouldn't have like come off as weird because he had a terrible temper, does have a terrible temper and says stuff to me all the time all the time that kind of just rolls off your shoulders. But if you said it to me, I would have been horrified because it would have meant such a different thing when it's not coming from somebody who's exploding with their temper to begin with. Yes. Yes. I, I was always careful and I knew it would crush you and devastate you, but I'm also (laughs) not that way. It would be, it would take a lot for me to finally blurt something out. Yeah. As I know from the very few times in my life that you've yelled at me, it's horrifying (laughs) horrifying like the most scary thing in the whole entire world I can probably think of only like three or four times I know I know I think I'm exactly the kind of mom that you needed and you're exactly the kind of daughter that I needed I know which is crazy probably because I'm just like your husband and you guys are the most perfect balance of people that you could ever imagine such a balance you're so my mom is like the most incredibly patient person in the world and I have not one single ounce of patience 
Not my dad has no patience at all. None. And my mom just kind of stands by while we both freak out like psychotic OCD people running around with like horrible tempers and major anxieties and things that make us explode on a daily basis. And my mom's just like, whatever, I'll just go with the flow. But it really works for her because then both my dad and I come crawling back to her like, I'm sorry. I love you. Oh, don't be mad at me. We're going to have such a good day. It's not even a big deal. <laughs> As I kept saying in Hawaii, because my mom was taking all Explain my pictures. Explain why. Well, my mom was taking all my pictures for me because it was just the two of us in Hawaii for the past five days. Usually my dad's with us too and other people, my siblings, my nieces and nephews. So it was just the two of us. So of course my mom was the only person to man the camera. And let's just say, even though she's very good at being in front of the camera, although she begs to differ, she doesn't have any sense of the way that a camera should be held or should be used, should should function. She'll hold it diagonally if there's like lines in the background, which any photographer would die like Danica, who takes such special care of like architectural lines in the background. I look at it and it's like a beautiful photo with diagonal lopsided lines behind me because my mom was like kneeling down and had the camera like upside down and sideways so there was a lot of that plus I think if there's one thing in the world that gives me more anxiety than anything else currently in life it would be photos because photos are such a huge part of my business my blog my brand my social media and on vacation I have very high expectations and very high stakes for photos because it's the most beautiful location. We're on the beach. We're at this gorgeous hotel. I was there for work, so to capture a lot of content. So when something didn't go my way visually, the way that I thought it would, I completely lost it, had several meltdowns, one of which ended with me stepping on a bee with a, with a bumblebee <laughs> completely sinking into my toe and my toe still hurts and is very itchy. So it's very painful, but actually the bee incident is what led me into being in a better mood because that was the moment that my mom and I got a really good boomerang that was taken by someone else of the two of us. So that happens. But the point of the whole story is that my mom's incredibly patient because I was leading her around the hotel, barking out orders, marching from one beach to the next to the gym to the upper pool to the lower pool to the grass telling her that I hate grass in photos I hate the color green in photos it looks so awful and why is there a church service going on on the beach behind us what are they doing they need to get out of the picture they need to get out of our way I was upset and then I said to my mom I think it's going to be a really good day now that we've gotten all that out of the way <laughs> and she's laughing at me and she won't even she's just like shaking her head laughing at me I'm watching you in the <laughs> Skype video. mad and upset because I don't want to make you feel worse than I know you already are going to feel. Yeah, that's true because I hate doing it. Well, I hate feeling that way and I hate acting that way in turn because I know that with some people who are less patient, it could completely ruin the day slash ruin the whole entire experience. I think the thing about it is it's not really, it's not about the photos. It's, it's this attachment thing that I have. I know this now from 
years and years of therapy thanks to my mom for putting me in therapy at an extremely young age so it's been a part of my life and I still see a therapist and I've learned that being attached to a very 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 specific outcome of something that I don't necessarily have complete control over that is the problem that is the problem with with anything in my life that causes me a lot of stress or anxiety so there's a lot of that with blogging because there's photos there's there's partnerships that I don't always have complete control, complete say over when I have a whole list of things that a brand partner wants me to do. And I feel like I'm not capturing that or I feel like I am capturing that. But it also doesn't speak to who I am and who I, what I want to be putting out there on my blog. That's the recipe for a meltdown. So with work, but also outside of work, like if I have... Well, you know, people tell me this all the time, like you tell me this all the time. And there's other people who I'm really close to in my life who say the guaranteed way to upset me is to completely change a plan on me in the last minute because I have such a conception of what it's going to be. Like I plan around that. I obsess over it in my head, even if it's good or bad. It's just something that I plan to do. And then if things change, like if the time changes or the restaurant changes, God forbid, because of how particular I am with food, it could absolutely derail me. Or, you know, like in Hawaii, I loved the buffet we were going to every day to the point where I was too afraid to go somewhere else for breakfast because I just didn't want to mess with like the buffet being good. So that's a little fun, weird fact about me. And Mm -hmm. I think that my mom being so patient as a person my whole entire life and it's really just her demeanor because other people have told me like other friends moms like Annalise's mom told me one time do you do you realize that your mom is the calmest most patient person on the face of the earth like is she really that way or does she just does she just present herself that way to people who don't know her very well and I was in eighth grade when somebody told me that and I was like no I think she really is I think it really (laughs) actually is. And it's true. So I think I have a little bit of that in me, like not a lot, but I must have, I must have soaked in just a tiny bit of that from you. Um, You've probably soaked in other things, but maybe not the (laughs) calmness. Yeah. The other thing is my mom's really good at not lying to me. She's not one of those moms (laughs) who thinks, actually both my parents are like this, which is, which I really like, but they're not those types of parents who think that their kid is perfect just because it's their kid they're the first ones to recognize all of my idiosyncrasies and other things um so we'll get to that because I have a really funny question for you regarding that but let's see here so we kind of already talked about this what was the weirdest thing about me as a kid did you answer that question um well, you you had a lot of um, OCD tendencies, but you also had some um, some fears and phobias, such as you had a fear of um, people in wheelchairs and um, people, probably sick people, people in hospitals. But I, I don't think that that's extremely unusual, and I was the same way growing up, so... That didn't surprise me, but um, no, I, I mean, I think probably, like you just mentioned, one of your hardest um, things was is that you are rigid. You are not a go-with-the-flow person, and 
think that can really throw you if things don't go according to plan, like you're saying. So that that was probably really all in all one of the biggest challenges in raising you. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. The the rigidity thing, which mm-hmm. I'm trying to work on. Which I think that's why I'm so into yoga and everything to do with Ayurveda massages anything that will relax me because anything that takes me out of my head and reminds me that there are more important things in life than fretting over little things that I feel so rigid about helps me feel so much better which is why I think as I grow older and find all these different ways to cope with it I've been a much happier person calmer I mean, I've always been happy. There's been a lot of rigidity. And so to try to just be calmer and have more Zen in my life is something that I try to to find. And to I know that. And I like, I really admire the fact that you look for ways constantly of bettering yourself um, physically, emotionally, mentally, in every way. You're on a constant quest. And I think it's admirable um, not everybody does that and probably most people do not so it's it's really something I admire about you well thank you that's very very nice and it's true I have an obsession with a quest to be my oh my gosh of course funny funny that I'm obsessed but I do I have such a thing about wanting to be my happiest healthiest best self and ultimately it's very good so even yes. if it was difficult as a child, I think it's serving me well, better as an adult Thank and still you. trying to it deal with it. Would. Oh, thank you. Okay, so next question. So when I was young, you decided to send me to a very small liberal arts school called Sacramento Country Day School. Shout out to mm-hmm. SCDS. Then I went to you from kindergarten through 12th grade. And were, I was a lifer. There were 42 kids in my graduating class. I wrote here in the question, you sent me there for my entire freaking life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Do you think that that education had anything to do with who I am now and why I gravitate towards such a creative career? And I do. Definitely. Um, Because they were very uh, create, they really encourage the creative mind and the free thinking mind and the questioning mind and um, really developed, helped to develop that, that part of your personality and the right to question your teachers and talk to your teachers and um, not be afraid to approach them and get up in front of the class and talk and dance and sing and perform um, that you might not have gotten at another school. And so I definitely think that that helped um, create part of who you are now what do you think I think so too I think about it all the time because I was just like you said always so highly encouraged to be creative and if if there was something that any of us were good at at that school it was really honed and people yes people would really gather around to support that so for me that was always writing because writing was always I mean from first grade onward writing was what I was really into at school and I would write as you know extremely extremely long stories that were supposed to be only like one page or one paragraph so every teacher at my school uh, as I grew up really 
helped me cultivate that and helped me to see that that was something that I was good at and something that I loved. So I always knew that I loved to be a writer. And then, yeah, there was just an overall free thinking vibe there of chase your dreams. You're all so creative. You're all so smart. You've been given all these opportunities. You can do anything you want. So somehow between the school and my parents, I was sent into the world believing I could literally do anything, be anything and everything. And I think the biggest lesson for me has, has been to learn like, you don't want to be everything. You do, I mean, yes, you do. I do want to be everything. I literally, there's so many things that I want to do that, I, that I'm not doing right now. Like I would love to be a kindergarten teacher. I would love to be a psychiatrist. I would love to be an international yoga teacher leading retreats all over the world. But I have to find different ways to make those passions of mine fit into my life and what I'm doing now. But I do think what I do now is kind of the epitome of follow your dreams, just, you know, chase your heart, chase what it is that you love to do and create something out of that. So Definitely. I'm obsessed with creating things. Even on the plane home yesterday, I wrote like 20 pages of a new fiction novel idea that came to me while I was packing in Hawaii after you left for the airport. So I do mm-hmm. think that something, some of that has to do with being given so much attention at country day and also at home. Um, not in a bad way, not that I was given more attention than like other people are, but I think it just worked for me the way that I think so too to have close attention. And I think you've found the career that kind of blends almost everything that you like to do and all your career interest kind of rolled up into one perfect little package of blogging. You're right. It's crazy. Yeah. The other interest that I had other than writing, were wellness, health and fitness, yoga, being in front of people, so performing, like acting Mm -hmm. was the path that I wanted to go down. So I still get to do all of that, minus acting like other characters. I just act like myself now, which works. But Mm. it helps. It helps because I was used to being in front of a camera and connecting with people. Yeah, it's perfect. Couldn't have been planned out any better and who knew from blogging when you were growing up that was not anything we had even heard of yet but so it couldn't have been planned out but the way it evolved was unbelievably perfect yeah so that's my next question is what did you think well I guess when I first started my blog what did you think about that but more specifically what did you think when I told you that I was leaving grad school to pursue my blog full-time Well, when you first started it, it just sounded like a fun little hobby that you were doing on the side while you were going to grad school. So I thought it was fun and great and no big deal. And then as it grew, it was was really fun to watch it grow and, and interesting. Yet, of course, when you first told me or us that you wanted to leave grad school and pursue it uh, full time, I was a little alarmed. I didn't know if that was going to be the best move because I just wasn't used to that kind of thing. It was like, you you know, you finish what you start and education is so important to me. And I felt like you only had one more year and just finish it and then you could do your blog. And I was a little bit upset, but 
um, the more you talked and explained it and you, you had such valid, solid reasons that made sense. It was kind of like, yeah, why, why does she have to finish? I am not really sure why she really has to finish. All of a sudden it was, um, like that just didn't seem so important anymore to finish just for the sake of finishing when things were going so good with your blog and you were on a roll and it would have been silly to put it off for another year. So it turned out to be a great idea and you being as persuasive as you always are, were able to convince your dad and I that that was a good idea and turns out it was. Yeah, well, I'm happy about that. But I, too, knew that it was a big risk. I didn't know that it would work out, but I did know that I didn't have to finish grad school to be a writer, a serious writer, like something that I used to think that I, that I did have to do. So, right. yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that I changed your mind about that one. And in So fact, many things you've convinced us of, I'm sure. What, I mean, you're just... I'm trying to, th- I don't know if I can think of anything on the spot, but you were, you know, you are extremely no, know, persuasive and you will set your mind to trying to change my mind about whatever it is. And you don't always succeed, but most you have succeeded. I know a big one that I've succeeded on for the most part, Hudson. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because so tell our listeners, a little bit about what you thought when I first brought home Hudson, my kitten from the animal shelter a year and a half ago. Well, she didn't bring it to our home. <laughs> she, br- we live him. him. Oh, did I say it? it? You said it. Oh, sorry, honey. He's my baby. She didn't bring Hudson to our home. She brought Hudson to her apartment. Um, well, to give you a little background, Neither Jordan's dad nor myself have ever had a pet of any sort, no dogs, no cats, or anything growing up, or all during Jordan's life. I mean, we've just never had a pet, maybe a fish, or yeah, yeah, just a fish. I was going to say a turtle, but no. Mm-hmm, not a turtle. Um, so we're not pet-oriented people, and Jordan, of course, always was begging for a pet, always begging for a pet, which she absolutely never got while she was living at home. And then when she was on her own, she would talk about it, and we would discourage it because her lifestyle did not seem conducive to raising a pet. She was busy all the time, gone all the time, traveling a lot. And we weren't sure that Jordan knew what it would take to really uh, have a, a dog or a cat and all that it entailed. Because even though she's a very capable person, she's not shown like a giant interest in like chill or no, she's always shown a giant interest in children, but maybe not the taking care of side and feeding and diapering and not that she has to diaper cat, but you know, just wasn't sure what it would be like for Jordan to raise an animal. But so one night, I think it was in the middle of the night, she sent me a late. picture of a kitten. Yeah, late, mid, midnight-ish. She sent me a picture of Hudson and said that that was her kitten. And I really thought she was joking. Just so sure she was joking and hoping and praying she was joking. It was a Turns picture out of me and him in my bed. Wasn't joking. It was. Mm-hmm. 
so anyway, we, um, her dad and I both were upset in the beginning because we just felt that it wasn't like she didn't know what she was getting into and that it was going to be more than she could handle and maybe not even fair to Hudson because she was out and about so much. So we had a little bit of trouble at first and, and took by, us a while. By a little bit of trouble, including my dad calling me and saying, take that cat back to the shelter <laughs> right now or else your mother is never coming back to Los Angeles. <laughs> he Those didn't say his, coming back uh, to yes, Los Angeles. Yeah, he did. He said staying with you. Well, that and also coming into your apartment ever. And he was very mad. I mean, I was shouting yeah, we, at him. I had two people here. I had Brittany, my makeup artist, and Danica, who was my intern at the time. And they were looking at me like, is your dad some kind of like animal hater? Like something, so, some horrible thing. I'm like, no, he's just psycho. We just, we're really taken aback. We're just, as I said, not, not oriented that way. So how but, does it turn out? It turned out great. It's been a great experience for you. It's been really good for Jordan to take care of somebody else uh, besides herself because she was pretty much raised as an only child, even though she has three way, way older half-siblings. So she was raised as an only child and doted on and given tons of attention and really never had to take care of anybody else. So it's, I think, been very good for her uh, taking care of Hudson and making sure he's clothed and fed and taken to the veterinarian and happy. And, and she's I done like such a mother to him, like such a mother my maternal instinct kicked in immediately. And yes, he's did. my whole entire world. He's taught it me. Did he's so taught you a lot? Love and selflessness yes. and just like this crazy unconditional extreme love. Absolutely. Extreme. And I think he's great company for you um, sh given that you live alone and I don't think you ever, I mean you don't you love living alone, however it's nice to feel like there's somebody yeah. there, somebody yeah, waiting for you. Yeah, he greets me you. every time I get home. It would be so lonely without him at this point because I really got point. him just a few weeks after living alone, maybe a month after living alone. And yeah. it was also novel at the time. But now, yeah, it's been the two of us. As Hudson tells Miranda, the animal communicator, he's one half of the family. So we really are a little unit over here. And now we do. We think he's very cute. We get a big kick at him. However, we don't sleep at Jordan's apartment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's that. that. My, that my dad, dad was right about that. My mom will never yeah, sleep here again. Yeah. But that's okay. It's okay. okay. We, we I, managed I to hotel. remain ridiculously close. And you just yes, love the yes. And I get pictures and videos all day long, every day of Hudson. And I do think he's an adorable cat. He's so wonderful. He's sitting at my feet right now. And he's looking at you like, cannot believe you didn't want me. <laughs> you, not, not at me. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So let's go on to the next question. You and I have such a special relationship. We are literally best friends. How do you walk the fine line between being my mom and being my best friend? Mm, I don't know how I walk it, really. Um, hopefully, I do an okay job at it. No, you do I, a really good job. That's why I'm asking. Thank you. Um, 
I don't know. I just kind of slip in and out of the role uh, <laughs> according or depending on what's needed, I think. Sounds but like as thing. you've gotten older, I think we've become more of the friend role um, more than when you were, you know, growing up. Although we were friends, I think I was primarily mom yeah. as my first role. But, you know, as you've gotten older and the more independent that you get – and are the more I can just be your friend. Yes. yes Although I true. never shy away from slipping in a bit of advice here and there. Yeah. No, like every day of your life. Well, yeah, yeah I know. And there, I, I've never learned. I always tell myself, like, I need to keep my mouth shut about certain things to my mom because she's so protective or because she's a mom and not mm. just my not only my friend. But mm-hmm. that lasts for maybe 45 seconds into a conversation. And then I totally. spill my whole entire heart out. And then I and then I have to reconvince her later that it wasn't that big of a deal. And that, oh, no, 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 that person's great. Or, oh, I know. Oh, I know about that. But, you know, but uh, he seems to be doing great. Or things like that about. I know. And I can literally things. watch you do that. It's so funny. <laughs> like, I can tell when you're thinking, I'm not telling her a thing about that. And then I can see, like like you say, maybe 45 seconds later yeah. that you, you can't help yourself and you, you start spilling your guts out. Yeah. But I think that's very common. I mean, I did that with my mom too. I would tell her things um, because she was my best friend and then regret them immediately. <laughs> I know, but I'm like that too with some of my more protective friends. Where I try really hard to withhold things from them. And it's literally impossible, especially because of the way that I live my life and blog about everything. And even last yesterday, I I put on Instagram this massive caption. You saw it. About yes, I did. I've had people all day ask me, is Jordan really? okay? Oh, my God. See, I know. I, I know. I forget, like, how, how public it is um, sometimes because it's. I do forget. People have asked me all day, are you okay, too, which I'm completely fine. I just I just am a highly sensitive person. I like to share things. I like to share how I'm feeling. But I didn't really mean that I was heartbroken or anything. I just meant, like, I'm feeling a lot of emotions. And, and actually, it was so positive because I started writing and wrote all that fiction that I mentioned on the plane. But I have to be very careful with my words. However, I decided to be a little more specific about yesterday and say that I talked to somebody who I hadn't talked to in four months because I felt like if I didn't mention it, I don't know, I just felt like being specific. So that is me in a nutshell. I try and try and try to keep some things to myself. And then you can't I keep anything to yourself. Completely decide against it, throw caution to the wind, yes. and share all about it on blogs, podcasts, social media. Every outlet that you could think of. I know. I know. <laughs> it's well, that's why I have the perfect job for, perfect for job. myself. And that's why it's so perfect, it's uncanny. I know. And that's why whenever I try to share something that is inauthentic on my blog. Like for example, when I'm just doing something that a brand asks me to do and I can't really put my personal spin on it. That's why I flip out because it just doesn't feel right because I'm I, the authenticity thing. It's just very important to me. Clearly, well, that's what people like with, about you too. Yeah, But clearly also, I mean, in my most personal relationships. So it's a big, big part of everything. Um, 
So going off of the last question, do you have tips for other moms and daughters who want to be as close as we are, but don't really know where to start? Oh, gosh. Tips would be, I don't know. I don't know if I have any tips. I mean, I just always tried to really listen to you, um, really observe you, and be open and encouraging you to talk to me. And not to be too, too judgmental. Um, if I could help it or if I, I wanted you to come to me. So I tried to be the kind of person that you, you would want to come and talk to. Um, and then with you, I had to be careful on, on how the kind of response and answers and advice that I gave you, but still always softly and gently offering up that advice. Um, and I knew you you might not want to hear it at the time, but I knew you would think about it later and take it to heart. Um, just advice, I don't know, listen, love, be open and, and welcoming. I once heard somebody say that when when your child comes into the house, like they want to see you light up at the sight of them. And that was so natural for me. I always lit up at the sight of you. But if I was even preoccupied and wasn't, I would make sure to turn around and really show you that I was so happy to see you walk in the door. I never knew that. Well, you always yeah. were. And I can think of, especially when I was really little, when you would come home from being out or come home from anywhere and you really would light up, you would like throw your stuff to the ground and get down on your knees and hug me. Mm -hmm. And and it was very obvious that it was very genuine. And that is passed down to me because I do that with Hudson. And I was I just thinking that. I cannot help but do it. I, I chuck my bags that. into the couch and throw myself onto the ground and start squeaking along with him like a psycho like a psycho I know you do um, I know you, know, you, you do yeah I just wanted you to know that you were and continue to be the most important thing in my life the light of my life and I wanted you to know that and you do I do well it yeah it definitely worked it definitely worked and I always felt that way and I still do I absolutely love that I think that's really good advice for for moms and daughters who are listening. Um, okay, so let's get into more blog stuff. Uh, now okay. that, oh, okay, I already I already sort of asked you that question. But speaking of blogs, you are starting a blog called Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans. My mom already has an Instagram account that is focused on fashion. So she's starting a fashion blog because she has been, for her whole life, incredibly fashionable very into fashion she went to the fashion institute she had a clothing store called flirt for how many years 20 years something like 15 that. 15 years which people in sacramento still talk about to this day and say that they wish that it still existed so she's starting a fashion blog where she can share her tips and tricks and outfits and basically it's for people who are over the age of 45-ish, we've, we're saying, although anybody can get inspiration from her, 
But tell us a little bit about what Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans is going to be all about. Well, I think you explained it pretty good, but um, I have always been obsessed with fashion and um, had my store and closed it when Jordan was little so I could be with her, but um, never lost my love and obsession with clothes and shoes and accessories. So Jordan always was encouraging me to start a blog, and I was always like, no, 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 no. And then I thought, why am I saying no? It's because I'm afraid, and I don't know if I can do it, and I'm not sure who's going to want to watch it or look at it or read it or pay attention. And once I realized that I was a little bit scared, I thought, well, you have to do it now because that's silly. So um, we're getting it going. It started with the Instagram, and hopefully the blog site will be up and running very soon, as soon as I get a little more help from Jordan. I've been very helpful. There's just I know, but that I uh, we have a get. little bit more. Yeah, I know we do. We do have a little and, bit more. Um, and it'll be up. But really, I, I'm 62 years old, and I want women of any age to know that they don't have to be restricted and look a certain way because of their age. And um, you can still look appropriate and and, um, elegant and sophisticated, but you don't have to look like a grandma or matronly or just frumpy or anything like that. Just because you're of a certain age, you can still have a little bit of edge and sophistication and fun with your clothes. So I hope that's what it will show. And that's what it's going to be all about. Well, I've already read a couple of blog posts that are going to go live on my mom's site and they're amazing. They're hilarious. I didn't even know that she had such a funny writing style, such a edgy, sarcastic, tone and it just really comes across I mean it is the way that she talks and presents herself with people she's so funny and very sarcastic um I don't know subtle subtle very subtle kind of way um and that comes across in the writing and the photos are really good and she's just so stylish so I cannot wait for you guys to listen to that oh my god I just shot myself in the face with this drawstring of this (laughs) Eddie Bauer pullover that I'm wearing um So, okay, well, this is fun. I had somebody send in some questions because I last minute asked on Instagram if anybody had any questions. So this is, yay, is that what you just said? Sarah, Sarah from Miss Miss Whisk, A Whisk and Two Wands. She has a couple questions for you. What was one food that Jordan would refuse to eat as a kid? Hmm, as a kid. Well, when she was a really little kid, she ate everything. And then as she got a little bit older, um, she got more particular. Refused to eat. She probably, gosh, what did you refuse to eat? You ate much. You had, you did not have all um, as many issues when you were young with foods as you did as you got older. But I did have, I always had a really sensitive stomach. You always had a sensitive stomach, but I guess we hadn't pinned it down ever to what it was that was bothering you so much, although we kind of knew fried foods, saucy foods, um, made it worse, things that were really rich. Uh, But I don't know that it stopped you. I think you still ate what you wanted to eat. So you were 
fairly, you kind of, there wasn't anything that I can think of off the top of my head that you absolutely wouldn't eat as a kid, even if it bothered you later. Um, it was later in your life that you got a lot more particular about what you would eat. True, true that. She has another question. What did you think that Jordan would grow up to be slash do? Mm, I didn't know. That's a really good question. Um, I felt that it would have something to do with writing because that was the one area. I mean, she excelled in a lot of areas, but that was an area that she really excelled in and really enjoyed at the same time. Um, so I thought it would have something to do with writing, although she really expressed an interest in teaching also. I simply didn't think that that would be really what she did. Yeah, that makes sense. And then this is a good question, too. She had three really good questions. What was something that Jordan did when she was young that sounded crazy, but she later ended up doing, i.e. sail around the world that maybe you later did or attempted? You know, like, did, that I ever, last did I ever, like, say anything crazy, like, I'm going to do this when I grow up and I've actually done it? Um, you know, but what you would say is, I know I'm going to do something really important or really great. I know I'm going to be really successful. I don't know why or what, but I just know it. I feel it. Do you remember saying yeah, that kind of I thing? Like I just, yeah. So she had a very strong sense that there wouldn't be any problem that she would figure out and do something that she was very passionate about, even though she didn't have her finger in it because probably because blogging didn't even exist. But um, she, she did exactly what she felt she would do and, and do something that she was passionate about and be very successful at it. Yep. No, you're totally, you're totally right. So that, yeah, I would have answered the question similarly. I kind of always knew that I was going to do something like this. I just didn't know that this existed. So this exactly. happened to be the most perfect thing. Um, so now I have some quick and fun questions for you that I've written down. So tell yep. our listeners what, so if you could change one thing about me, what would it be? That you would go with the flow a little more. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, mm. A time when you seriously considered whether I was actually your daughter. AKA like a time when you realize we're just so different from each other in some ways. Well, you're so, but you're so much more like your dad um, in those outward ways, like we're talking about with being more rigid and having, being more volatile and more particular and volatile. not as easygoing. However, you, your inner being yourself, your sensitivity, your humor, your, your, really your deep down soul, I do feel is more like me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, if my blog wasn't called The Balanced Blonde, it would be called dot, dot, dot. It would be called... The imbalance blonde. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> no, um, I don't know. It would be called maybe something like all about Jordan. It's just Jordan. <laughs> it's it's just Jordan. It, the blog is who you are. It's your voice. When I read your blog, it's like you're talking to me, and it's 
you. It's just got you written all over it. So it's all about Jordan and it's very real and and there's nothing contrived about it. It is who you are. I like that. I did consider when I renamed it from the blonde vegan to the balanced blonde, calling it something like that, like it's just Jordan or Jordan mm-hmm. here or something like that. But it could have been. Could have been. I know, but I like having the catchy alliteration yeah. balance blonde. But yeah, no, that's that's really good. Um let's see oh, okay. So this is a question. We'll make this quicker because I love how lighthearted this interview is for the most part but people always ask me how did you deal with my eating disorder was that hard for you and were you surprised about it well I was uh, noticing that something was going on but I didn't I didn't pinpoint it to being an eating disorder because all I knew about eating disorders I didn't have were like anorexia bulimia And um, those all had to do with being skinny, I thought. And so I didn't have a name for what was going on. So therefore, I didn't know it was an eating disorder, which seems so weird now. But I just felt like, what the heck, Jordan? I mean, I hate to say it to go back to what I said when you were four years old, but Jordan is being so weird. She's driving me crazy. Like it was just like you were getting so particular and so closed off and so, so rigid about your eating that it was driving me insane. And you were getting very difficult to be around and to enjoy having around and forget trying to go out to eat with you. Um, so I was getting upset, but I couldn't put my finger on it, um, if that makes any sense at all. I just kept thinking about it, but I couldn't put my finger on it because it wasn't like you were obsessing about getting skinny or something like that that I knew. So I just knew something wasn't right. And um, When you called me and told me, I think I have an eating disorder, just hearing somebody say the words, and you in particular say the words, I was like... Yeah, of course you do. I know, that's what I thought too. It was, was, of course you had an eating disorder. I just never heard of an eating disorder about eating healthy. Right. It, It was, I knew you were eating healthy, so I kept thinking, how could that be a disorder? Until I heard you verbalize it. And it is an eating disorder, and it has a name, and it's called orthorexia. Then it made perfect sense. Um... And it was upsetting. However, what kept it from being upsetting at that point was that as soon as you realized it, you didn't want to be like that anymore. And you wanted to get better and you got help immediately, um, really good help. And so it was almost a relief when it was named and labeled and then you got help. So Mm -hmm. at that point, it wasn't as much as a worry because you were on it. Immediately. It wasn't like we had to convince you to get help. Yeah. You wanted to get help. Yeah, that's true. I know. It's, it's, it was a good time for you to realize that I had an eating disorder when I realized I had an eating disorder because I was already seeking help um, yes. starting at that time. So it would have been worse for you, I think, if you had noticed it way long before I accepted it, then it would have been more of an issue. But it's true. I was very hard to be around and I knew that and it was awful. Mm-hmm. 
But here I am. Healthy and happy. Healthy, happy, balanced blonde. So speaking of the balanced blonde, you have had the opportunity to accompany me to some balanced blonde events where you've gotten to meet some of my readers along with me. And it's been so fun. Different book signings, different things. How has that been? So fun. So inspiring and uh, so impressive. And I'm so, so proud of you. And yeah, being at some of these events, I've just been kind of awestruck and seeing how much of a difference you have made in some of these women, mostly women that I've met, um, lives and how much they love you and value you. It's just, it's so thrilling as a mother for me to see that and um, so touching and I love it. And I see how happy you are inspiring and helping these women. So it's just a win-win and it's, it's thrilling. I'm mostly just so happy that you have found something that you're so passionate about and so good at and so happy doing. So it's a thrill. It is. And now you have some new Instagram followers because you've gotten to meet some people who you exchange information with and they're yes, the sweetest, coolest people and you follow them back too. And mm-hmm. it's just so fun to meet my readers in person. And it's so fun to have you there for that. It's really fun. Thank and you. as a mom, meeting people that love your child, I mean, you automatically love them. Yeah, I know. And then, you. well, yeah, meeting people who love you, you automatically love them. I, I love all the people that I've had the chance to meet in person. I feel like insanely connected to them. I think they're so awesome. And I get excited every time I hear from any of them. Now, I know. Um, it's so fun. Let's see here. Oh, okay. So we just have a couple minutes left. So I just want to round it out, end it with something fun, funny. Tell, so we spoke about one of our inside jokes, maybe a couple of them, but an inside joke that we haven't mentioned yet. Oh, gosh. Um, Well, speaking of inside jokes, he's not that he's a joke at all, but... (laughs) We do. He's not. We laugh a lot about daddy and he's going to be walking in the door in a second. So oh let's God. introduce everybody to dad. Should we get Should him we? on here? Yeah. Well, it's going to be really challenging to have him speak into those headphones. Oh, okay. So no, maybe no, not. Do it. Anyway, we do. We don't think that daddy is a joke by any means, but we do have some funny things that we laugh out, laugh at about him. One is his spell he doesn't know how to spell actually he does know how to spell but he doesn't think he knows how to spell so he's always asking how to spell things yeah um what else do we have jokes about um god we have a million inside jokes. i mean we have inside jokes that go back to when jordan was a baby i mean no a little little kid watching the rugrats on TV and something that would strike us funny and we still joke about it um, now like 20 something years later. Oh, I can think of one that we have that's really funny and Bella's in on this one too, my 13 year old niece, where we joke about like that is so 12 minutes ago Uh, or that uh, is so 2009 and we probably say that like 10 times a day when we're together yeah oh my god that is so 36.777 seconds ago and (laughs) every single time we laugh because it's always so relevant (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, I mean, probably a lot of our funny, our inside jokes, as inside jokes go, do not really um, resonate with anybody else but us, because yeah. it's just somehow that they're between us that makes it so funny, but there's lots of them. Yeah, like what are some other things about daddy that we like? La- oh, I mean, they're not even funny, some of these things, like when we're getting ready to leave for the airport and he's so uptight that we both want to die. It's not even funny, but we can later look back and laugh about it. About How about driving with him? Oh, yeah, driving with him. Learning to drive with him, it was the worst experience on planet Earth. Oh, here he is. Here he is. Are you is. putting him on? Should I give Put you the... On. Give him the headphones. Okay. He's in your ears. You'll hear her. Yeah. Daddy? What? Hi, Daddy. Can you can you hear huh? me? Uh-huh. Come here. Let what me you, see you in the screen. What you doing, baby? Say hi to the Balance Blonde podcast listeners. Oh, hello. <laughs> Introduce yourself. I'm the Balance Blonde's daddy. He is, and he's going to be on a podcast episode soon. Where I'm going to interview you the whole time, but I think we should do that in person so that we don't have to yeah. deal with all this, all this excess. But while you're here, tell the listeners something funny about your daughter. I can't. I mean, I can't think right now. I got Why? too much. I got too much going on. I got to get ready. What do you have to get, get ready for? What you you can think think of one funny we're thing we're about your youngest daughter. In Forty-five minutes. I got to take a shower. Daddy, I gotta, tell me something yeah. funny about myself. Huh? Tell me something funny about. I can't. Myself. I mean, I can't think of anything. Yes, you can. Funny what? <laughs> I can't. Am I not funny? Uh, no, I... you are funny. <laughs> so tell me something. Or any any random fact about Thanks. me. Daddy, <laughs> just say one thing about me. It could even be my middle name. Hunter? Yeah. You're a hunter, like a cat. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. You're like Hudson. I am like Hudson. That's how you got the name Hudson from Hunter. <laughs> oh, yep. Exactly. <laughs> Very funny. Well, we've already told the listeners that you're not a big cat fan. Yeah, you got that right. But you do love Hudson. Uh-huh. You love him. Who? Hudson, psychopath. <laughs> oh, he's handing off the headphones. He's done with me. He's looking at me like, you're so annoying. And now he's back. shaking his face. He's okay. crazy. He wouldn't. They have to cut all that out. He wouldn't participate. No, he wouldn't. Because I hate all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Why did, what does he hate about this? He's, he's preoccupied right now, so he didn't. He has to get ready for dinner in 45 minutes. Yes. Well, see, that shows the listeners what we, what we were saying about him. He's just a funny man. Yes, he is. Apparently, I'm not funny. There's nothing funny that he could, that he could tell anybody about me. <laughs> you caught him off guard. He was just walking in the house. He didn't know what was going on. On that note, we are rounding out here at just a little more than an hour. So is there anything else you would like to say to the Balanced Blonde podcast listeners while you're here? Um, Just um, thanks for listening to my daughter. She is very passionate about what she does and cares about each and every single one of you. And she truly does. So just keep on listening and tune in. In a few weeks to um, Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans. Yeah, we're so excited about Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans. I'll keep you guys updated on all of the news with that. Shout yeah. out to Annalise, the best 
website designer in the whole world. She designed my website too. She's doing my mom's. We're really excited about it. So thank you guys for listening to episode number two, just like episode number one. Would love absolutely any and all feedbacks and anything into me, questions, concerns, requests for upcoming episodes. And I'm just so excited to keep connecting this way. It's been a blast. It's really fun. I know. It's so fun. And I'm announcing the giveaway winners from episode number one on my blog today. So stay tuned and so appreciative of all you guys. You're the best. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye.